episode of Lesson 10. I'm Feral, and this is episode 43, and this is going to be a great show tonight. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andy Astronaut and Casper. Say hi, guys. Hey. What's up, guys? And joining us tonight is Amelia. Amelia Dusk Space? That's your last name, right? Yeah, Dusk Space. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, right on. So say hi and, and tell everyone kind of a little about yourself. Uh, hey, guys. I'm Amelia. I've been doing small gang PvP for few years now um i just started recently making videos probably around the start of the year um and i've been really enjoying that sweet um yeah so we'll get into some conversations with amelia about uh him making videos and content creation and something that he's really good for and kind of known for in the small game community and that's finding and escalating fights so we'll go through all that and then at the end we'll just kind of close out with like a general small gang hub talk session we'll call it uh, but first, before we get started, um, I just want to let you guys all know about our sponsor today, and that is O7 Coffee Company. Uh, so this episode is brought to you by O7 Coffee Company. O7 Coffee is a family-owned coffee roastery based out of the United States with the goal of providing you with a premium cup of coffee no matter where you are. With options ranging from our perfect pack steep bags to your classic ground coffee, there's no reason you should ever miss out on a premium cup. Whether you're facing a long day of travel or it's your shift for whole control, O7 Coffee has an array of delicious roasts to give you the energy boost you need. Go to o7coffeecompany.com and use the code NANO, N-A-N-O, at checkout for 10% off your order and free shipping on orders of two items or more. So one thing about these guys um, is that they, like, I'm a bit of a coffee elitist, just like, you know, like my coffee, like like my PVP, but... uh. Oh, no. But they they do have <laughs> they do sell like ground as well as beans. So if you don't have a grinder and all that stuff, you can order everything pre-ground. And something that I'm getting shortly to check out is their like those bags I mentioned, which are like tea bags full of coffee. So I'm stoked to try those because I work long shifts and just having some hot water and some one of those. I want to I want to try it out. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. So yeah, check them out, guys. O seven company coffeecompany dot com. They help us out. So give them a shout. So with that, let's get into what we've been up to lately. I was doing basement renos, so I haven't played for like two weeks until last night. I came back. Uh, I just ripped up the the small gang for like four hours, had a whole bunch of great fights. So so I will talk about one because Amelia was there for the other one. Um, so Joe Castis and a whole bunch of guys that I've kind of known and have flown with over the last couple of years. Uh, went out and we did like AFs and bombers, which was super fun. We had a sick fight. Uh, we fought Slice, um, a bunch of like Caracals and a Drek and, and stuff like that. And then we tackled some Rorks uh, against Frat in Vale. And they brought like rapid light missile spam, like Osprey Navies, Orthruses, uh, all kinds of stuff. A Drek showed up. And they, of course, had all the reps from the uh, Rorquals, the shield reps. So we kind of, like, you know, jousted on grid, trying to get them to come into us. And, you know, just outside of rep range of the Orthruses. And then we decloaked the bombers. And, like, we ended up 
farming them for for you know i don't know a dozen kills or something like that it was super fun fight really well done flying with those guys was rad so next time i can't wait it was a little little heavy on the numbers than what i'm used to but i mean everyone in that gang was super fun to be around so made up for it that beer looked fun that comp with the uh the bombers and like the retries it used to be slicers but it's so cool i love it you see his bomber did top damage that was pretty good yeah my hound oh boy <laughs> i think so Ken was also there he was dual boxing bombers and i was dual boxing um leto hound so I think what was what was happening is like I mean I was on it and I have good skills, but I think that I was just getting the big volleys through armor and structure of shield tank ships, um, with with explosive damage ripping through their armor. You know, like I just get the big final blow volleys. But uh, to be honest, um, on that BR, Omnaria did nearly as much damage in a retry as we did in the bombers. He did far more than any other retry. That dude is uh, fucking fantastic. Hey, shout out to the pilot. No. Just, just saying. No, oh yeah, no poaching, boys. <laughs> oh, what was his name? I didn't write it down. <laughs> Never mind. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. What have you guys been up to? Um. Well, honestly, I'm gonna take a little bit of a cop out. I've been doing real world loser things. I've been taking uh, motors in and out of cars, and it's pretty shit. And so I'm kind of looking forward to this coming week and sitting down and playing some Eve. So I don't really have too much. I'll pass it over to Andy. Um, I haven't done a whole lot either. Um, so I had like a big real life project that I actually just finished up um, about last week or um, kind of early the or late the week before. And so um, I've kind of like wrapped up all the loose ends there um, and then just started kind of playing again. So or playing, I guess, like consistently again. So I've had a couple good realms, but nothing super crazy in the last like two, three weeks. Um, I did kind of like, so 90% of the time I just fly like inties, um, and just like tackle scout for our gang, but I actually kind of got out of the box and flew a Brutix, um, that's just been like in my hangar forever, trying to like do some hangar cleanup and just get everything killed so I can buy better ships. Um, and so we had a couple rooms, uh, one with, uh, Noir and some friends, and then also one with, um, 10 and a couple other guys. And both times I like somehow survived on some kind of crazy grids. The first time was um, first brave. It was like a two, like two to one number, so it wasn't terrible. But we kind of got out of position. We had like a um, NT behind us that we couldn't quite clear, and so about half their gang were behind us, half was in front, and we kind of burned down. But had some people out of position in the middle that got caught. Um, and then the second gang was actually um, on an ESS grid. Uh, we had. Um, a robber go in and then kept everyone that was that was MWD fit outside. And then we took a fight with a couple um, hurricanes um, on the ESS gate. Um, and that would have been like a really good trade. But we had a couple guys that just got unlucky. Like one guy, as he was warping off, got wrecking shot um, through his Magus. So that was kind of unfortunate. But it was still like a fun engagement. Pretty good. Like fairly even. Yeah. Question: You called it a robber. I know we call it doorbell. Are there any other names that you know, that people talk call that? Just an interesting comment I had right there to think about. I generally call it like ringing the doorbell. Yeah. I guess yeah. Anything, anything intuitive works. True. We usually call it like robber if you're actually trying to get the money, and doorbell oh, if you're enough. just trying to like ding it and get them to come. Um, so I think. Oh, go ahead, Amelia. I was saying, just saying that makes sense. 
very intuitive. But yeah, how about uh, how about you, Amelia? What have you been up to? What's your highlight? Is it is it the the low sec fight or no? Probably. <laughs> I I haven't been getting into it too, too much, but like I don't know what it is. But you like every time I go out with you and AP, we find the weirdest things, like the absolute weirdest things. So we were roaming. I don't know. You guys were just coming back, I think, from that bomber fleet, um, and we were roaming through Thera trying to find some stuff. Both our holes were connected, APs and ours. Um, and so we brought Feral into our chain and we just started roaming around and we came across, what was it, like a Phobos, I think, in Rancer, like one jump out. And it just kind of escalated from that to the point they had like four, five Serbs and three Simis, Balgorn. And we just had Oracle, Slepner, and I was in a Mali. And we ended up breaking through like three Simis somehow while holding all of them. Um, and then we tackled a carrier who unfortunately got out because we had a bit of a miscommunication, but it was a really dope fight. Well, we were fighting them for a long time. So, like, the Phobos kill was at 7.15, and that's what started it. And the last kill, the Legion, was at 7.48. Dang, those are the best fights. Yeah, yeah, that was a long... It was long. So, like, they... Yeah, they brought in a Scorp to try and jam us off the the carrier. And basically, we kept just, like, kicking them, kicking their teeth in, and then they'd have to leave. And uh, And then we would just hold the carrier to bring them back. Yeah, and farm them more. It was fun. Uh, They're good Oracle. sports, though, the rancher guys, to be honest. You'd think, like, most people that gate camp like that, they normally don't give good fights, but pretty nice. No, they were chill. They were, they were, they were, they were yeah, they were. And they, you know, I mean, they... I almost died multiple times. Uh, but the Oracle was doing work in low sec. I, I haven't blown an Oracle for a while. And... Uh, and yeah, it was it was actually a ton of fun. Uh, I rammed some simmies towards at one point. Most of the time, I was just in scorch range, but I did ram conflag some simmies, and yeah, it was it was a good time. Until the carrier looked your way. Well, yeah, the carrier followed <laughs> me, like all my like all my shield into half armor once. It, just, uh, it was tough because I also we had my stiletto there too. I was dual boxing, but um. Man, it was tough, like, multi-boxing Oracle Leto on a grid where, like, uh, if I... It was, like, three seconds, you know, of, like, Oracle getting shot where where I would have to warp. But one tip um, I found really useful is in low sections, there's so many stations, I was able to just warp to a station, dock, undock, and warp back, and my shield was regen, right? You don't even have to repair. You just dock, undock, and your cap and shield are all back to, to full. So that was working really well. I did that like seven times during that, that fight. That um, was just getting pushed up grid hard, and then I, you know, repairing back. So the one thing I dislike with Oracle and Nullsec is if you get pushed off grid, you're kind of just sitting there waiting for your shield to reject. You can't really region. come back on grid, and people come yeah. at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was. I also enjoyed that fight. So that was a good highlight. Um, yeah. Let's let's kind of just get into it with Amelia. Um, so you, like, you didn't start making videos, or or you were making videos, but not on the same cadence you are now, or quality, right? Before, so that's it's a pretty recent thing for you, right? I like posted uh, a few videos when I was just getting into small gang, like four or five years ago. But those were kind of just for me to like record for myself. You know what I mean? I don't know if you ever do that. Yeah. Just improve. Um. But yeah, I started doing it again, kind of the start of this year. Um. With some regularity because we've been getting some really cool fights that I wanted to share. Um, and they've been they've been cool. 
Yeah, and you kind of like took the the old Chesser, um, like uh, in, informative kind of small gang archetype videos, and you're kind of doing stuff like that has that kind of feel as well, which which I really like. Um, whole point of the podcast is to spread small gang stoke and help people learn. So it's this it's the same thing, same you know opera, uh, same purpose. So I really like that stuff. Yeah, Chester stuff was was so good when I was first starting out, and I uh, thought that. You know, some of the things have changed a lot from over the years, obviously, with the game just changing. So I thought just a nice update to that could be really useful to some people. Yeah. How many, like, this is something I think a lot of YouTubers are often asked, but how many of your fights that don't happen with me make it into videos? Because all of them that with me make it into videos, right? Oh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fair amount of feeding that definitely doesn't go into the videos. So obviously, like to even get fights, especially in like this kind of state of the game, you need to be almost stupidly aggressive to try to do them. So there's a lot of times where you know you're doing things that you know you probably shouldn't just to try and get that fight. Um, so there's definitely a lot of feeding that goes into it. It's interesting. We'll talk about that later, like defining fights, though. But you raise a good point because it, it, like all the fights that I get, you're either ganking stuff and it's just like whatever, just kill this thing. But the actual fights, like they always happen from being just like overextending yourself to the point where the enemy feels like you're almost making a mistake and they'll start coming at you. And that's how you start the engagement. So as long as you're organized to, to that point, you know, have you know, ever, it's, uh, it's fucking crazy. Have you ever thought about making videos um, like it's not very often that, you know, a, a YouTuber will post videos where he failed. So one time or something that you have died. Have you ever thought about a compilation of those, like just pointing out what you could have done better or differently next time to like, you know, be able to keep it forward? Obviously, you couldn't do a whole video, but you could do a bunch of different segments of, hey, I died here, died here, died here. And these are why I died. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Someone actually recommended that in one of the comments on my videos. I was looking into it. But I think one of the things that uh, I have a problem with is I rage out a little bit when I when I die. Oh. I die. Um, and I definitely don't record sometimes. So I use shadow play a lot, which records like the last, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. Um, and sometimes after I die, I don't remember to, to do that because I am tilted. Yeah. It's fun <laughs> Fair <time. enough. laughs> uh, that's too funny, dude. Too funny. So another thing you kind of do, like you do the videos, but you've also been doing kind of NPSI small gang ish, kind of like stuff Rub used to do but a little smaller right now, I think, right? Uh, yeah, so it depends. Sometimes I just like doing random ping. Anyone want to roam if our corpse looking a bit uh, dead that night? Um, but then I've also started doing these bomber fleets into frat, which have actually been a shit ton of fun because I don't know, anyone that roams during USTZ knows just how like crazy frat are with their caps. Like you're fighting on grid with oracles and they don't even care. They're just going to keep mining. Yeah. You know? Um, so it'd be, it's really been really fun to just kind of burn around and frag some carriers or some over-aggressive marauders with just a random Sino. So we had like, you know, 10, 15 guys or something in bombers with alts and just kind of drop them to it. I mean, it's okay. So we were talking about this last episode with Rise a little bit, but let's, it's a little bit of a sidetrack, but we'll get into it. All right. Like marauders, like bombers are the, the only realistic way for groups like us to kill them. Like, what what else do you guys find? I mean, unless you, unless you're like isolating one in some other area, but like when you come up against a group that has bigger numbers and they're flying marauders, like bombers are all you can really do. 
Is that a, is that agreed, or am I missing something? I don't think we've ever killed one not with bombers that was combat ready. Yeah, it's, it's way too hard, especially if you're like, unless you're bringing like a proper comp where you can actually hold grid and everything. But then they normally won't bring marauders there. Then you know they only want to bring that if it's really oppressive in that sense. Yeah, yeah, just for the easy frags. So, is that broken? Like, what do you guys think? Should it should it be changed? Should they be nerfed? Should they have their like ewer uh, bonuses, like their their ewer resistance bonuses? Um, like, you know, reduced or or what? what I don't, I've never actually flown a Marauder, so I don't know how uh, how much of an opinion mine actually matters. Um, but I think that they are a bit strong right now. I don't know if they need a huge nerf. I think especially on like the the arty or the long range platform versions, it's ridiculous how much damage they can put out with such good tracking. Do you remember bushing away from those Marauders for like 500 kilometers on that ESS grid, and somebody? just finally did just get volleyed in like a, it was a frigate of some type but we were just burning away as long as we could because there's nothing else we could do on an ESS grid and we were getting caught by like three Vargers that kept bushing at us there's nothing we could do AC Varger it was fucking uh oh, what's that guy's name the blood of gods well no, no it was the guy from frat uh uh, the Rosemary guy or someone else? No, Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And he had an AC NATO that just tapped. I was flying a Nomen, like a non-plated Nomen, and he just tapped me with ACs from 130 kilometers for half my armor. I'm just like, wait, what? What was that? That's ridiculous. But yeah, to, to your point, like, honestly, if if they have support and they're not solo, there's nothing you can do to meet, beat a Marauder outnumbered, in my opinion. So there's something that needs to be happened. Yeah, I mean, like, what, like, what gang would you bring that wouldn't wouldn't stand up to like, you know, two two staggered marauders, let's say, like two marauders that are 50k away from each other, like. Yeah, I think like uh, Rise put it really good in your last episode when he was saying, you know, buffing both the damage and the time you could have to stay in Bastion was probably a bit aggressive. I think if you even brought it back to 60 seconds, it would be in a, like a pretty good spot. Yeah. yeah. Or you could also toy with the Ewer stuff, as I mentioned. Or I don't mean I, I don't know. The damage bonuses seem like they should remain to me. Like you should. I don't know. They do a ton of damage, but I think the key would be to balancing it is is finding a way to make the make it worth bastioning still. But yeah, yeah. the damage has to be there for sure. It's funny because he sounded almost frustrated with how that whole the the rebalance process went because he's like, yeah, like I had all these ideas and went through, and then everyone was super upset because of like, you know, so I so I gave it to them. I just made like did the things, and you know, yeah, they're crazy strong. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course, given to uh, the people. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know what what else uh, like. So you. All right, what else do you have planned for NPSI stuff, if anything? Like, are you gonna, are you looking to make it a, a bigger thing, or just kind of keep it cash as, as you've been doing? No, just definitely keep it casual. We we took a fleet out today too. It was like um, a bunch of harbingers. We had like I don't know, ten harbingers or something, eleven harbingers, and uh, four guardians. Um, and we just went looking for some like you know mid type level fights. Um, we actually went to Rancer again, and we jumped in as they were ganking a hell. At, like safe yeah it was crazy so we warped in and we didn't have a devoter obviously to, like hold points so we were like hoping to not kill their devoter and have him point the hell but he eventually got neutered off by the hell and warped, and the hell warped so we just fragged like some support and a nag that they were using to kill the hell with so it was pretty fun was it the same guys trans transgress yeah yeah oh nice cool 
Well, transitioning back to the videos a second, just because I'm still stuck in those. What, what was your first big video, in your opinion, that like got you to you know your your instant Eve stardom that you have now? Um, I don't know about this instant Eve stardom thing, yeah. but um, oh, the next Miley Cyrus, maybe I don't know. Oh, please God, no. <laughs> um, but I think that like the first endless nightmare video was pretty good. Um, I think that was the first one I like posted in a in a long time. So that was a pretty cool video from just, you know, showing the nightmares, which has evolved a little bit from the start of us just bringing like two nightmares with a simi to like a whole comp from it. But some of the stuff we've been able to do with those have been pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, it's to the point now where I'm not even surprised when I see a BR with you guys flying nightmares and like the absurd, absurd stuff that goes on. Nightmares are pretty good, honestly. Yeah, I think like the peak of it has been like we took that fight in Aquarius where we had I don't know ten nine ten guys and we were up against I think fifty or something the two fleets like one Serb fleet and one HFI fleet. That was epic. Uh, it was it was pretty crazy. Yeah. You guys have some other interesting comps too, though, right? Like I know you have at least one video that's um, like overpropped Loki's um, that I've seen that you've gotten some good fights in as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Tried a bunch of different stuff out, and some of our core doctrines are up there too. It's like such an interesting place, like small gang kind of comps where you can where you can punch up, where it's not just like where you're where people are forming and then you're fighting what they form. Like I find that's those are always the fights that are the best. Like, uh, you know, I I always find smaller scale stuff where that's the case, but those are the fights that I long for. But it's interesting seeing like. 10v50. It's kind of like this the holy grail that a lot of people strive to kind of do is like fights of that size and, and that magnitude and be able to come out on top. It's pretty rare that it happens for me, but it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah, I think that's something that I, I never really had exposure to before. Before it was always like fairly even or us just like leaving if it escalated to that um, before I came to Gorn. And I think um, like it's it. It's kind of bad at the same time because, you know, normally I'd almost rather have just more even-sided fights where they don't escalate. The problem is, like, in this day and age with how centralized groups are now, you either get, like, this massive response normally or you get nothing at all. And you just spend hours rolling. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I, it, yeah, it is, it's super interesting because I'm, like, where I'm at in, in my gameplay is, yeah, like, when it escalates that, I just leave. I've actually seen you guys like i've been on grids where we're like doing stuff and then one of you guys will come into local and i'm like oh here 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 come the nightmares it's <laughs> like the, the fight the escalation had already started and and then i see you guys show up and i'm like okay or i'm not going to shoot these guys i'm going to see what happens <laughs> and then usually we'll end up getting forced off because we're in like smaller stuff or you know three four dudes kind of thing so this is, I guess, a little off topic, but kind of still related. Like, um, one thing you guys are kind of known for is the blingier comps, like those, like blinged nightmares and that kind of thing. Um, is that just like a byproduct of you have to bring really blingy ships or really blingy doctrines to fight outnumbered like that, or do you guys have like cheaper doctrines you use as well? We definitely have cheaper doctrines that are like you know empty pods and everything like that, um, but you it's hard to kind of take those and fight at the same odds, right? Like if you're going to fight 10 v 50 or something, you're obviously going to need to, to punch up a little bit in, in what you're flying. Um, and it also depends on the type of engagement. So like a lot of our cheaper stuff is, you know, we'll bring it out versus groups that we know are going to go like crazy escalate on us where we can have like a decent fight. And, like, 
like uh, we have this comp that's just like T1 drakes and nagas and stuff with empty pods that we bring out for like a decent sized Ferox fleet or a Caracal fleet, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, it's stuff where you want to give them a, a good fight too, like where they actually have a, a good chance to kill you. You don't want to like bring, you know, near unkillable nightmares against someone who's bringing like hurricanes. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. You, you On the opposite wanna, side, right. there you're not bringing Drakes into frat, so that's that's why you have to just kind of be min-maxed, kind of to Andrew's question, as you can, especially when you have reps that resistance scales hardcore with a little bit shinier uh, involves and stuff, and it's just literally to be able to punch up as high as we can. Yeah. How? Oh, this is totally off the off the map, but like, let's talk about surgical strike in relation to your guys's nightmare doctrine. Because a lot of people who were fighting, punching up, uh, complained about Surgical Strike, uh, primarily the resistance nerf, right? So how do you guys feel? Do you think if Surgical Strike was undone, that comp would be in a better place? Or do you find that, like, with Surgical Strike came Conflag bonus, like the, the buff to Conflag? And that, you know, are you guys in a better place projecting damage onto things, being able to kill things faster? Because their resistances are also less. Interesting question. Never thought about it like that. Amelia, what, I'm interested. I think it's a buff for us because we rely on um, we rely on really just punching straight through with absurd amounts of damage because um, we only have like you know six or seven ships of actual damage ships. Um, so hi, having that extra you know a little bit of damage on our conflag when we're going to be ramming anyways is much better. And then for defensive side, we're much more of a a damage mitigation. Like we rely on that because if you know. They have like 30 hurricanes or something. If we take full damage, we're going to just get volleyed off the field no matter what you're in. So in that sense, the resistance doesn't matter as much as just mitigating the damage. That's interesting. But like I said, I, I've heard a lot of people. I think like uh, it's more brawly comps where I, I know you guys are up close, but like more, you know, non afterburner bonus sig tanking battleships. I don't understand. The, the Troika comp <laughs> that I never flew actually, but that Gorn used to fly is like it's a dead comp now because the resistance nerf actually hit it so hard. Yeah, that's a good example. So a Troika is a, a perfect example of, of what I was kind of referring to. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. That comp was so much fun to fly, but as you said, just re resist nerf and kind of the meta changing, it just literally just a waste of disc sitting there. Yeah. You know, I. I remember seeing Troika on battle reports, like kind of before I, well, it was before I started the podcast and before I kind of met a bunch of the dudes uh, like you guys. And I remember like looking at it. I think it's where like a lot of the fanboy stuff comes from is you just look at some of the BRs and you're like, how, like what? And you're like trying to wrap your head around how these things are fit. Like what, what implants are they using? What fits are they using? Like, how are they tanking that? Like what, what the fuck is going on here? It's, it's such a cool thing to look at and, you know, without talking to people, just like trying to figure it out. You know, I, I've always found it uh, entertaining, and I still do when I see cool BRs. Nano battleships or uh, nano blob ships. For a while, yeah, that was fun. Freaking Mark, as having to fly with those people, it was. Totally <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that side of the story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish you could actually be as productive as the rest of us in fleet. <laughs> Mark's out here like a panther. He's like trying to shoot at 30. I'm like, Mark, where's your damage? He's like, I'm shooting. <laughs> and he's yeah. Just, <laughs> right. Just panther things. Yeah. 
So, I mean, we're already kind of getting into it, but our next topic is finding and escalating fights. Um, so let's start from the very, like, base. So you and Doc, how do you, how do you find a fight? How do you, like, maximize your time actually enjoying EVE? So, and that is fighting. So I think most of it comes from just general um, knowledge of the areas. So, again, like, we're, we're wormholers. Um, I think a lot of small gangers these days are wormholers, but um, knowing the area at which you know you're hunting. So we roll our our null sack or we probe along chain to find other exits, and kind of knowing the area of saying, hey, you know, no one's going to fight us in, for example, cash right now, or if it is, it's going to be a very kind of small escalation or something like that. Um, so knowing kind of where you want to do. Um, so if we go into like U.S. time zone. The majority of our content is going to come from like one of three areas. It's either going to be, you know, the frat, that Chinese area, maybe like an R1O pocket, or by Brave and Delve, that kind of areas. Everything else is going yeah. to be very, very small or very low chance of having a an escalating or even like a small to medium sized fight. So do you do you keep like a, do you keep that all in your brain, or do you actually have like a document that you record things on? This is something I think all small gangers should do is like, because like you say, it's so huge for, for making fights. So do you have like a notebook, a content notebook? I don't, but I think that'd be a good thing for you know small gangers to assemble for each other too, you know, saying like, hey, look here. But I think people are also oh. a bit afraid because they're like, I don't want to let them know what my, my hunting grounds right? are. Groups yeah. are farmed. It, it happens. It's real. They Yeah, they absolutely they do. They over farmed too. Like that group we were fighting that we mentioned earlier in the show, like imagine if every day... I mean, they weren't they weren't terrible, so I don't think they're going to get just like over farmed. But you know, they they put up a fight. But like, it 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 happens to a lot of groups where they they'll just start adapting, you know, super hard counters or big numbers, or they just don't undock and they they do stuff like I found Brave did a lot in GE, where they like wouldn't fight you until it was just like absurd, no matter what you were in. You know what I mean? Like it got to that point where they just would hold, 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 and then undock in like a bunch of Serbs with, a, you know, a billion like e war frigs and stuff like that for like three dudes. Yeah, I found like a lot of groups have, have that have been farmed a lot, or like I don't know if I want to use the word farmed, but have people used to find as like the small gang paradises. Like G used to be great back in the day, right? It was just like Atron's ramming you and your your gnomon just feathering off, one shot in them, boom, boom. Um, those type of groups like Frat or VVV, um, they all become really, really hard to Roman because they've seen the exact same thing of you just nanocating them around, and obviously they're going to learn. Like they're not stupid. For sure, the, I think the trouble is, is like you can't, you can't then like yeah, they counter nano, but the same things counter brawling because of the numbers. You know what I mean? It's like you can yeah. just go there and brawl. Like the outcome is going to be even worse than it than like nano stuff there. For sure. So, it, just it makes it to points like for Casper, for example, after we went to G and just got nothing or just gotten complete blob while we're in something engageable, it's just like, he's just like, no, I'm not going to go there anymore. Not <laughs> worth it. I will never yeah. go to GE again. So I guess kind of a follow-up to that. Do you think that the time zone, like, is it not just region, but is it also time zone or is time zone not really play that big of a part in it? Oh, I think time zone's huge. Like, um, if you go by like fire space, like in some other area, like if you're going during like Russia prime time, I don't know, between like uh, 11, all right, I shouldn't say my local time. I don't know what that is in Eve. Um, but like if you're going, 
in Russian primetime, um, then you know you're going to get like a crazy huge response no matter what you do if you tackle anything. But if you go during like, you know, crossover on like the US time zone, maybe you get a more reasonable response. And it kind of tells you what to expect and like when you should actually like hold stuff for an escalation or when you should try and just like, you know, get your one gank and then roll the hole or whatever. We really should. We should make a note, like a, a Google Doc of, of all this stuff, because it's a ton. And there's some people that I talk to, and I'm just like, man, like I follow it a little bit. I know who lives where, and I know, you know, what kind of time zone they are, kind of what to expect. But uh, some people, they know all these little obscure groups, and I, and it just comes from roaming like so much, right? And having encounters, but like it, it's always impressive when I'm roaming with someone who who knows like all these little groups in the corners of everywhere it's crazy and i think that's like in this day and age it's harder to find those groups so like knowing where those groups where you can get like an actual you know two-man or solo fight like that's dope and it's really rare so it's you gotta like actually go out and find those like roam space and not know where the fuck you're going to find those places yeah i i always really like when ess first came out i found some good content in like solo duo type stuff um against renters and and those kind of like smaller groups i had a ton of fun the first three weeks of ess it was like it was it was really good i don't know if you you had that as well but oh yeah definitely because that was like right before the war started i think right and it was like uh you still had all those little renter groups out there now it seems like they're all like congregated in the delve yeah all right well let's like kind of expand on that a little bit and and talk more about like providing content for your corp because i i understand like you're you're one of the bigger content creators currently in corp right uh, i don't know about right now but like in the past month too yeah for sure sure so is it like when you're when you're on in you know your time zone is it just you kind of looking for fights or is it like you and you're just kind of like roaming like doing casual roams with a couple guys looking for escalations or like how do you kind of set that up um so it like depends so like most of the time it'll just be like me and i don't, I don't like playing solo too much i normally like if i'm alone on comms or something i'll like type in in our corp chat and be like hey i don't want to roll some holes find some content and try and get like you know two three guys to just do micro gang type stuff with and then um if anything happens where you know you can get an escalation or you see like you know they warp a carrier in for your three nano cruisers or something bring a saber in and then try and get some more guys and slowly escalate that up to a to a larger size fight but definitely it's not just me it's there's a I, I much prefer roaming with a few guys. So in your opinion, like, let's say uh, one of our listeners is thinking like, man, I really want to do this with my corp. I want to be like a bigger content creator. Like what, how many people do you think he should have with him that are kind of playing, you know, like around the same schedule, like two, three people, I think that's enough to kind of keep it consistent going. Yeah, for sure. I think having like, you know, at least two people when you're out roaming, you're solid and you'll, you'll find some of these fights that, you can uh, escalate. I think the hardest thing, though, is one, you can get a reputation for um, for kind of blitzing everything. And that's something like NullSec blocks do so much is, you know, if imagine if they actually like escalated on you a little bit and you're like you're confident and there's one hype that's tanking you and then they decloak a rapier or something, you know, if they actually escalated like that. Um, so it's it's a lot about kind of being like holding your guys back. And it can be frustrating, especially for the guy being held back because you're literally like strong comms listening to the fight and you want to take part in it, but you can't because you're actually going to like ruin the fight almost. Um, and I think that's like, you got to have the right group of people to be able to do that with. 
Yeah. And I guess alts help too, right? Like you mentioned, just like, oh, this dude, you know, brings a carrier in on your nano gang, like bring a saber in. So you kind of have to have those alts as well, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's something that, you know, obviously living at a wormhole helps a lot because it lets you also go like reship or bring your alt out when you need it and things like that. Yeah. Compared to filaments where you, it's, it's pretty tough to do that with filaments. I mean, you can, but like if you just use a 25 man and then you kind of hold the alts back, like, or put them in a system where where there's no one in local and try and hide them kind of thing nearby. I think that's not as optimal, but it's maybe viable if, if people want to try that. Yeah, and like log offs and stuff like that. But I think they're also like very different. Like you get a lot of different fights, I feel like, when you're just like you show your whole gang and you just go roam. You know what I mean? It's very different fights from the type of escalating type fights that we get sometimes out of our hole. And one's not necessarily better or worse. It's just it's just kind of different. Speaking of uh, upshifting and have backup ready, what's like a for for a listener, of course, what what's an optimal range from your wormhole or from your your backup to uh, to upship? So there's this thing called a Casper unit, <laughs> the most idiotic <laughs> unit of measurement. So Casper will go four jumps from the hole, multiplied by his sobriety factor. So you know if he's a little <laughs> bit inebriated, maybe you can get him to go seven jumps, six jumps. I don't know. It depends. They do try to trick me. Let's be real here. <laughs> they do actually try to trick me. That's awesome. Set Desto four jumps, and then you get there, and they're like, yeah. "All right, next Desto." Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but realistically, though, what's what's a good distance to actually like hold people back if you know a, a new corp wants to try to do something like that? Is like seven eight too far? Or is that okay for frigates? Or what? What do you think? I think seven eight's a bit far for like an escalating type fight. Anywhere like you know, I'd say less than six is probably pretty good. But it also depends on on their response, right? Is it something that's going to be like an immediate, like they're going to Sino an immune and fleet on you? Or is it going to be that slow trickle that we all kind of love and want? Yeah. One one thing that I think people, uh, it, it's important to, to get out there is is like how you kind of differentiate on, on fights between like what's engageable and what's not. And I get the feeling, tell me if I'm wrong, but after flying with you a little bit, I get the feeling that you're you're the type of like you fly more by feel than like looking at what's on grid and mathing out can we take this like purely on a on a you know like a, a pythograph type thing like oh yeah for sure Kadesh and I bet butt heads a lot on that because Kadesh is like the most empirical data driven guy and I'm just like no we can do this you know it works this way and sometimes I go down to earth and I'm just like brought back to reality by him which is which is obviously good. Um, but sometimes, you know, the actual graphs lie a little bit on how well the enemy's flying and things like that and how much, you know, transversal you can actually do or their skills and things like that. So I think it's, you know, it's a balance between the two. So what are, what are key ships? Um, I guess maybe even signs or ships, maybe even people, I don't know what, what are the things you look for in a fight that, that gives you kind of like, you know, the little tickly feeling that, Hey, this might escalate and we should get some stuff ready. Like what, try to try to break that down for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, so a lot of it to do is the obvious, the obvious escalation uh, tool is to hold a hostage. Um, so whether that be, you know, a blingy rattle, it could be an Ishtar in some places. Um, but the the kind of holy grail for that is just a capital ship, whether it be, you know, a Rorqual, a carrier, a nag, whatever it is, because it's really easy for you to hold tackle on it, whether it be in like a siege cycle, which means you don't even need to hold tackle, or it's very immobile. So you can just leave one saber there to bubble while you guys go reship. Um, but the other type of things that, you know, you can slowly escalate on, it's, it's much harder to necessarily say if you need a specific ship, but you can always keep an eye out. If you see like a Falcon jump in a system, 
maybe that carrier that that capital is coming. So you maybe should have that saber on standby. Other than capitals, are there anything that like stand out as like things that you can use kind of to your advantage to escalate? Like, um, for example, kind of the one of the fights um, we had not too long ago was Brave was like bashing a structure, and they had like a pretty weak fleet that they were using to do it, but they were about halfway through. Um, and so they kind of took the fight because they wanted to finish their timer. Um, is there things like that that you guys have had good luck with getting people to kind of engage on? Yeah, for sure. And this is something that I've been kind of reluctant to do, especially on the, the structure bashing side. But we've had a lot of luck with uh, entosising certain groups. Some groups, they realize like, oh, they're wormholers, right? They're, they're not going to come back for the next timer. Just fucking let them have it. Um, but other groups, they'll, they'll fight you over it and they'll be really defensive. Um, but also jump gates, especially in like staging systems. Um, if you go bash jump gates, it actually turns them off, even if you reinforce them. So reinforcing them has like a big impact, especially if it's in their staging system. Um, so, you know, just hitting that jump gate, they'll almost always undock something for you. Nice. So let's say, you know, I'm like, you know, newer to small gang kind of corp. Uh, xyz and I, I and like i said i'm one of those guys earlier that i mentioned that wants to try and make make some content for my group and kind of get everyone stoked and get everyone active what kind of comps would you recommend people people use like how you know tell their court mates to have kind of pre-staged so you're talking about like the what they're going to escalate to or like what to just go out hunting with well, let's, find let's go with let's go with both like let's say sure. let's say they they've got a, a wormhole and an lsec you know, static, or or even if you have other examples of, of you know, say they're eating, just like uh, just kind of comps that you'd recommend for people to kind of fly and and get used to and get comfortable with. Yeah, so like uh, the solid kind of small gang comp that comes to my mind is always like you know one really one a good scepter pilot. You have like an e war pilot, normally like a carries. Um, you have a big damage. It's like an oracle. These are kind of like the cookie cutter of each of their roles. And then you have, you know, one to two anti-tackle ships that can hold points. So that's like, you know, Orthrus, Vedmac, Nomen, those type of ships. Um, and that's like a really good core, what is that, five, five-man gang? Um, that I would say you're, you're going to have be able to engage a lot of different types of gangs with. Nice. And how about something where they wanted, like, let's say they're going to go out and bait out a cap and then, you know, they have alts that are going to be coming in or, or they're going to upshift, go back to their hole and upshift. And try and kill like a cap or something like that, and they're and they're not, and they're not like high grade snake super bling type players. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think anything that's you know just got good resists, I think that's something to focus on. So you want resist and projection. Um, so a common thing, and it definitely took a, a bit of a hit, but you can do this cheaply with pretty cheap pods and non bling ships. It's just normal armor hacks with one to two logi. Um, that MWD nerf really hit it a bit hard, but there's other ways you can go about it with, um, you know, like you can do 100 MN versions of BCs or anything like this. So really your goal for your comp, whatever you, however you want to look at it, you want to do one of three things. You either want to like be able to tank a crap ton of damage, which really means just need more logi, which isn't the best for like small gang approach. The second is you want to mitigate as much damage as you can. It means like, you know, 100 MN or... SIG reduced MWDs, things like that. It's one of the reasons like retries are strong. And then the third is just like a crap ton of utility. So that's like E-War or anything like that. And you can do like combinations of these three. Um, but just think of that when you're forming your gangs. Nice. Yeah, there's tons of comps that I'd like 
love to just kind of play with on the on the like the small to mid scale level. But it's it's a big commitment, right? Like that's another thing that I think we should stress is that like this kind of gameplay is is a really big commitment from people. So don't get discouraged if you're doing it. Just go watch another Amelia video and <laughs> <laughs> But it's also like I think it's something that you need to decide for as a group. Like I don't know, like at least for my old groups, this isn't something that we ever really like looked for. Like maybe it happened like you know once every three months or something. But I think the whole idea, at least for for Gorn, is that you know we will take these fights and sometimes we we look for them and I think almost a bit too much sometimes. But the best version of these fights are the ones that happen organically, the ones that happen from you like micro ganging and then they they bring something that you can no longer fight. And it's always about keeping that kind of that balance of, hey, you know, there's even a chance that you die here. And some people aren't willing to take that risk. And I think that's one thing I really like about our group is that we're not going to blob you just because we have a chance of dying. We're going to try and keep it as even as possible so that you keep bringing more and more and more and more. Well, I think that's like, that's super important to, to touch on because the fact that you're almost dying is is like enticing them to pile on, to stay on grid, not to just leave. And when you talked about like holding people back, that's why it's because you you don't want to make the the other gang feel like you are in a good spot because then they're in a bad spot. Yep, and then they just talk up. Yeah, and it man, it's so fun. Like that's like the the best feeling ever when you're when you're just like feeling like how are we doing this? Why like why are we even on grid right now? But you're coming out on top. It's like oh man, it's like the what keeps me coming back to Eve. Yeah, for sure. Those are the best fights. Cool. You guys got anything else you want to we want to touch on on this kind of topic of finding and escalating fights? Uh, I guess I have like one more question that's kind of related. So I noticed like some of your videos, you guys have Logi, and some you're just kind of freeform. Is there like, is it just comp specific? Like you bring certain ships, and those ships need Logi, or is there kind of a like soft number? Like oh, once we get to about this many people, it's really good to have Logi on grid, and that's more valuable than like one more DPS ship. Is there like a, a balance there or like how do you decide when to bring a logi when not? So I think it depends on what comp you're doing and how you want to escalate. So one of the best things about nightmares is, for example, you know, we run self reps. So we don't necessarily need logi on grid when we want to escalate. Um, so we can have like a nightmare or two out there to start and not have to bring logi in, which means that you know they'll bring more in because they just see, hey, they don't even have logi. We can go fight this and they bring in a bunch and then we bring our logi in. Um, other comps we have that are just like strictly buffer fit. And you need to bring Logi with as your kind of your baseline escalation, right? Um, so it really depends on the comp and depends on how many people are ready. And you know, a lot of the thing is we never have more than like ten, maybe up to twelve people on comms ever. So figuring out how many people you're going to actually have after you tackled something or as you're escalating and being able to still engage it while you're getting those numbers can be really important. Have you guys ever thought about using? something like a triage like having a, a like pre-staged triage that'd be so cool and you just like as you get the escalation you just log it in and and put a sino up and jump it in instead of like trickling in simmies or bassies or something like that is that something that's ever crossed your mind i still think mitigation is too powerful like even a triage stuck zero taking full damage is gonna die yeah it's just too easy for them to drop one super and then we're we're kind of screwed um, yeah I don't know. I I definitely have been thinking about it. Like Casper and I have been talking about like the golden fleet that like everyone's heard of from like the Rooks and King videos and things like that. And being yeah, able to yeah. do something like that again would be so dope. But I think that's amazing. 
a bit out of our reach for for what we're capable of right now if that makes sense yeah it, it does make sense i think you like it would be you know if you had like i think about like the the hard knocks laser hawks kind of like roaming nano nicks gangs that they kind of had floating out around drone lands and stuff like that back in the day if you had something like that maybe where you could you know have have the ability where they actually have to put out something that's pretty sizable in order to counter your your triage but we're getting into mid-scale like really heavy <laughs> yeah, mid-scale like discussion Oof. Escalation, right? yeah. sorry viewers uh, listeners rather it's, it's interesting though because yeah it is it is the next stage of escalation there's really no room like that goes back to my question about the triage like there really is no room to to go like like you guys are kind of there like what what's next you either yeah. get bigger or you keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I guess, yeah, that was my kind of question is I think a lot of people see you guys as kind of like the the goal to strive for. And that's like the kind of the max you can do. But is there anything that you guys are kind of like pushing towards, like goals that you want to do that you can't do? Or is it kind of like face it where there's not really anything else you can do with what you have? It's just doing what you're doing as best as you can. I don't want to speak for, for our corp because I think our corp has a lot of different ideas um so you know we have like any other corp we have people that i think prefer the larger scale fights and people that prefer the smaller scale fights um so i think just being able to a provide both but b see the synergy in them like you know a lot of our and i'd say that's for most mid-scale corps too it's like you have people that end up just like going ping okay we're gonna go roam and um those a lot of the time just don't lead to anything so i think it's it can be better in for both parties that you know you have the smaller group that can go out and hunt and do their little nan do your nano thing and they you know, still have those awesome less than five man fights but you can also be able to escalate into those bigger fights which means that you know we're obviously never going to get to that point where we can escalate to what we were saying like a fax or like we gank like seven supers or something on grid or something yeah that'd be cool but to be able to do that i think you would need such big numbers that it would ruin the other side of of the of the fight of the pvp you know what i mean that less than five thing i think would almost get ruined if you have that numbers yeah, I think you're right. I think it works really well, um, the synergy we have in Corp right now. You've got the people that are actually try-hard. You know, elitists, you call them no more than three or five. But their stuff, you know, pops it off for the rest of us. I'm saying that because I'm definitely a ping warrior now. But, you know, you get that synergy of these people going and wanting their little fights. And a lot of times, yeah, it doesn't, you know, escalate. But the times it does, our Corp has the synergy to escalate this in, do like in a million nightmare video or something freaking huge. And that, if you can find that synergy in a corp, I think that works really, really well. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's uh, let's get into since we we all know each other. We're just gonna our last topic is gonna be as I I called it earlier, like a, a bar table talk where we're just gonna kind of have some banter. So let's start it off by just grilling Amelia over some balance questions. <laughs> so, Amelia, what are the biggest changes you'd like to see uh, to the game in the next six months? Go. All right. I'm so ready for this question. Okay. Long range guns, like for medium long range guns, the tracking needs to be nerfed across the board um, and the fitting needs to be increased across the board. So, you know, right now there's no reason, and I know you guys were talking about this with Rise a little bit last episode, um, but there's no reason really to fit the shorter range uh, variant. You know, they have very similar fitting, they do very similar damage, and one just gives you like double to triple the amount of range. Um, so the trade-offs are just not there and we need to put them back in there. So you either shouldn't be able to fit, you know, like beams and have a good tank or 
Like, why can you fit rapid lights and have a better tank than if you fit hams? Because it's more fitting. It makes no sense. I would agree. So long range guns. And it, well, it's it's kind of interesting too because like the short range guns do track better, but the long range guns tracking are fine. So like, unless things are on top of you at a thousand, like that's where blaster track. Let's let's pick on blasters. That's where like blasters tracking can actually be a strength. But the only place that really happens is is in FW frigate PVP. Like it it. it it's irrelevant everywhere else. Yeah, I agree. I think you need to be rewarded more for that because I think like also more fights. I don't know. Maybe this is just me, but it seems like it's less. I don't remember the last time I found an actual one v one in this game anymore. And it seems like back then the the blasters used to be like better because most of your engagements you're going to be in like hard tackle range where you're have to gonna have to kite at like twenty km or something. Um, but now it's most people are not even fighting in point range because the the fights have gotten so much larger. Yeah, I would agree. I'm going to add to it. Um, I made a comment in Discord that uh, I think rings really true, and that is that we play in a game where uh, ship's optimal range is further than the min-warp distance. <laughs> I, I thought that was... And, it's, and yet you think about it, and you're like... It kind of puts it into perspective. Like, that's true. We There are plenty of ships in EVE that have an optimal range for their guns that's further than the minimum warp distance. So you can literally just shoot things, shoot a ship, and then be like, all right, guys, load some closer range ammo, and then warp on top of the thing you were just shooting. Like, it, to me, that just seems fucked. Uh, I don't know when if you, you guys agree. Yeah, when you put it in that perspective, like when you say, oh, a ship shoots out to like 140 kilometers or 120 kilometer optimal or something like that, it doesn't sound like too crazy. But when you say like, literally, you're like almost at the distance I can warp to you, like that kind of sounds absurd. Yeah, or increase, is crazy. Increase minimum warp distance fixes many things. Especially when, so, like you were saying, you just warp to zero and then do like the same amount of damage almost. Like I'm looking at like you know attack nightmare versus a pulse nightmare. You can do almost. The yeah, same yeah, exactly. Same. Well, yeah. So uh, kind of like what Casper said. Do you think the solution is to reduce um, like gun ranges, or do you think it's to increase minimum warp distance, or like what do you think the the better solution is there? I think the best solution actually comes into how the guns apply. So I, I would nerf the tracking a lot. And the main reason is this, because I want transversal to feel like it matters again. Um, so like if, if you know, you're... Oh, that's what I was trying to say last episode. <laughs> if you're yes. piloting well, like that should matter. You know, if you're keeping up complete perfect trans on this Oracle or something, you shouldn't get hit at all. Like it makes no sense. Yeah, I, was trying, I, don't, I don't know if I did a really poor job like uh, conveying my thoughts last episode with Rise, but like that's what I was trying to get at when we were talking about that the whole projection thing of like, of like yeah you know if if I make the piloting decision to turn, I should hope maybe hose my own damage a little bit, but I should be able to tank better like negate more damage due to transversal, and then if I want to do damage, I need to have good piloting myself and transmatch and things, and also like put it onto the people shooting me to try and transmatch me. When they're shooting me, like I don't know, maybe that's asking for a lot, but no, that would be so cool. I mean, that's there to a degree, right? But I, I would just like to to amp that up a little bit more, so it makes like your actually feel like your piloting decisions matter. Yeah, I, I, like rapid lights are obviously everyone picks on them, but the precursor guns are fucking terrible for this. Like flying a shield <laughs> at Katursa with with dual TEs or just it's just like it's so 
bad. Like it's such such a brain off ship. I don't know. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but like shooting small stuff in a shielded key is broken. It's so broken. Hundred percent agree. I've, I've never like I never fought one for a while. Actually, I've only flown them, and then we fought one in BBB space, and it was just like the most oppressive thing ever. We were for like three retries or something, and a shield could just forcing all of us off so quickly. Yeah, so broken. We literally just put one in our nightmare fleet to deal with tackle. We're like, yeah, I don't yeah. want nightmares to shoot that crap anymore. Let's just. Make this is the best anti tackle ship in the game. Oh, it's you literally so broken. You can shoot out to seventy and and frag things like any small things are just fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So we can anyway, there. stuff like that, like that kind of place, place style, like that ability, I think does shouldn't have a place in, in the in the game as much. And it's tough because that you'd think that like, oh, that's just gonna force more people into small stuff like Briggs. And while that's true, there also are quite a few tools to deal with Briggs quite well now, where they really need you need to be on it flying Friggs. I mean, like heavy, like ba- there's more battleships in space now, and heavy newts like obliterate frigs. Like it's pretty tough kiting in a retry in heavy newt range. That's a pretty difficult thing to do. Um, you know, I, I don't know. So I, I think there's other like things you can do aside from having making things have ungodly tracking to to curb frigates in in like small gang PvP. I don't know. Amelia, besides besides nightmares, is there anything else that you think can punch up that high, or is that the pinnacle of that? Or any anything new you want to try to work on, get into the game? Uh, I don't I don't know about anything that's like on that type of scale. I've been playing around, and the fleet I just took out today was uh, beam harbs with just like ECM and damps in the mids. So you have like the combination of uh, scan res damping with ECM. Which I thought was like pretty cool. You can put on enemy. Cool. Oh, actually, that is pretty interesting. So you just jam someone, and then even though you don't have the the bonus jams, you have the scan res to make up for it. So that when you do get one, it works like takes longer. Yeah, so you can almost even get like the whole second cycle of the jam off, and then you can get the third jam to actually hit or something like that. You know, and it also matters when you're locking up targets fast. So if you're like switching targets fast, they were not not gonna be able to lock to rep uh, them in time. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah. Um, how, I guess, like, is there kind of a thought process? Like, how do you start a, like, doctrine like that? Like, do you just go, like, I wonder if this would work, and you start playing with it in PyFa, or, like, how do you get to the idea of actually, like, doing that? And, like, not just doing it, but, like, making sure it's a viable comp that will work. Um, I think a lot of it comes from just feel um, and, like, seeing it. And, like, you know, I know Parb, for example, is it does good damage out it has that projection element. Um, it's like, kind of like the three things I was talking about earlier. You know, you're either going to tank a lot, mitigate a lot, or you're going to have a lot of like Eeyore. Um, so for that one, it, it was just the Eeyore side of it. And I think Eeyore is something that a lot of groups, they don't fully understand or they don't fully understand the strength of. But you can just like completely win engagements by having a better Eeyore wing. How do you make sure people spread Eeyore in small gang fleets like that, like like small to mid? What's your What's your chosen method? Uh, I guess it depends. For small, I think it's just communication. Like you can actually talk through it all. It's a lot of shouting over each other, but I think you can you can get to the point across. It's the same as like calling points when everything's running, you know. Yeah, I wonder if people who don't small gang or are new to it when they hear a video of like how hectic the comms are because like, like you say, everyone's talking over each other. It's entirely true. It happens. Um, but uh, the amount of information that's relayed is huge. And I wonder if they listen to that just like 
what? Like, these guys are supposedly good? Like, they're just all talking over each other. It sounds like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> They've been told to shut up and do what they're told forever. Oh, FC not yelling at them. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, who's the FC? I don't know. Everyone's talking. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's too too good. The nightmares are interesting, though. Like, who... Like, who owns the Nightmare, do you guys think? Like, who's, like, the... It kind of came out, like... I don't want to say it came out of nowhere. But, you know, who's the copyright holder? Ooh. Well, and you guys started using it before the ESS changes, right? Because I know that a lot of people kind of gained popularity after that for ESS stuff. But you guys were using that comp well before, right? Yeah, a little bit before. It wasn't like a, a full comp back then, though. I think um, we kind of just made it when the ESS came out to be like an actual compish. But I think it all started with like it was like me and someone else in Nightmares. I think it was me and Mark or something. And then we had like AP in a Slepner and we had Cuffy in a in a Simi. And we're like, holy shit, we're tanking like three Dreads, a Carrier, and a Nyx. This is freaking insane. But and we're also killing things. Um, and we yeah. kind of like see that kind of microcosm and be like, hey, let's make a comp out of this. That's a cool, like, organic way of, of coming up with a comp, I feel. It's it's kind of a neat story. Yeah. Um, is there any other holes? So, like you said, Harbinger, um, Nightmare, obviously. Is there any other holes that you, like, guys don't really have a comp around, but that you've looked at and you're like, oh, that, like, has potential or that's interesting? I love the Brutix Navy. I don't know why. I think there should be more Brutix Navy comps, but that ship is so strong. Yeah. The tracking on the BNI is actually just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It and is you fun. get links, and you can actually take a hit. I mean, I think it's a really, really strong ship. We just either mass issues, or I don't know why we never made a comp out of it. Nightmare is just too good. Well, I really like Battlecruiser comps for groups that don't necessarily run a lot of Blink, too, because like having that redundancy for links is is huge because like if you're not going to roll implants you you fucking need links in my opinion yeah especially with uh how kind of i guess rare capitals have become since over the years right before it was like all the time um now it's like yeah you'll see them sometimes depending on what group you go to um but they can be really strong bcs like mwd bcs versus non-capitals they're really really strong yeah, that does bring up a good point, though, which is that at least it used to be, like, if you brought Battlecruisers, you just get deleted by, like, one or two carriers, right? And that's, you know, still kind of the case. They still apply well, but you just don't see them as often. That's why we had Lokis, actually. It's 100% the reason we had Lokis is because they worked really good against carrier spam. Well, now you don't see that, so we're in bigger things now. It's just a nice change. Do you think that, um, like, with carriers and i guess all capitals getting more expensive do you think you'll see even less and like that'll make space for battle cruisers or do you think it's going to be like about how it is now that's a good question i'm not sure um i think it could be a little bit less but it's probably about the same that was a good answer sir about the same but less yeah just saying it won't Come be on, more man. Yeah. It won't be more. It's my politically correct answer, all right? I'm running for uh, governor. Uh, yeah. You know what? Like, again, we talked about this last episode with Rise a bit, but like, I, I, CCB has done a really good job balancing capital type gameplay and the ecosystem between caps and subcaps in my system. And in my uh, 
in my <laughs> uh, words. In oh, I agree opinion. completely. Yeah, and it's something yeah. I've I've never really done that much of, but I'm interested in doing. Like, I watched this guy, uh, I forget Eddie something on. He's a wormholer, and he has, comes up with these like coolest, like you know, less than ten man capital type wormhole fights, and they're just really cool because I've never used caps on that kind of scale. So it seems really cool and something I want to try out in the future. Small yeah. game caps. You heard it here first. Dude, I'm training. No shit, I'm training Nidhogger right now because I don't know what else to train. <laughs> but and I was just like you know, a little inebriated looking at Pypha. And it's like, I was like, man, these things, you know, you got like 100 kilometer link range. Like, let's throw some snakes onto a Nidhogger and see how fast I can make it go. No. <laughs> it would just, it'd be like the dumbest thing ever. But, you know, Nano, Nano Nidhogger, whatever. So my question is, why do battleships get a frigate escape bay, but capitals don't? Because screw capitals. <laughs> capitals should get a battleship escape bay. So that Ooh. you can just keep dying and having a ship on grid. Like, be like the yeah. Russian doll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope someone from CCP is listening. Well, I think people made that joke when the Escape Bay came out, right? Like, people started joking about that being the case. But I don't think, I can't imagine it actually happening. But it would be interesting for sure. Nope. It's an original me thing. <laughs> I actually Here think first. that. Yeah, like my hot take is I think that a capital with a battleship escape bay would be like more impactful and interesting than a um, battleship with frigate escape bay. Yeah, it'd be pretty funny. Have you guys seen anyone actually like really use it like that? I think the only person I've seen is like Mark actually flies like an escape succubus with like a scram and screens with it or something. But most people I feel like it's either like a magnate for cap boosters or like an more escape. More utility, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the magnate. Yeah, or pod seen... savers, right? Yeah, like I've seen people use pod savers, suckies, and stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen pod savers and the cat booster type thing, but that's really all I've seen. I haven't seen anyone bring anything that really like keeps you in the fight per se. I brought a like one time I just threw like a super super cheap mollus. We had like an academy one for our newbie pilots, and I just like threw it in one of my battleships, ended up dying, and I just like damped the shit out of stuff after i had like died in a big fight and it seemed like it was like a little effective like it helped some but it wasn't anything super crazy yeah i feel like that's the dream for like what rise designed it for <laughs> yeah it was actually kind of cool um i like had damped off like one guy was tackled and they actually damped the tackle off him and he warped away so like that was kind of fun to see but i feel like i haven't had a fight where it's really made a big impact yeah I've definitely seen people fly like you know cheaper stuff like a rabbit heavy typhoon, and then they'll have like a you know a cheaper retry in the bay, and they die, and then they pop out in the retry and continue PVPing. Yeah, I think like it'd that. be nice for for eating and stuff like that, so you can actually like stay with your gang. Yeah, it is because it always sucks when you're eating and then you know lose a couple dudes. And, yeah. But yeah. Oh, actually, so that reminds me of one thing I've seen is. Um, there was actually a time when the battleship didn't die. It was like someone else in the gang had died, and the guy in the battleship popped out whatever ship he had in there, which I think was an assault frig, and then handed it to the guy that had like died but gotten his pot out. So I guess that like kind of works. Yeah, there's some there's some cool niche uses for sure. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Yeah, who's Goran's best feeder corp? <laughs> uh, you tell me. I don't know. I don't know, Amelia. Who? Like, what corp have we stole the most from? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard one. Huh. We're definitely thieves in the night, though. 
Andrews. <laughs> Your reaction earlier was better, sir. Just, just. Say it. <laughs> it was well. It was thermo. Hundred <laughs> percent, it's thermo. You look at like when you look at your guys' kill board. It's all dudes that I used to fly with. Thermo. Casper <laughs> made the mistake of putting it on the show. Emilia, he would have just like kept it hidden. I know. Yeah. My bad. Then, it would have caught him so good. You should learn for next time. You gotta blindside stuff like that. Stuff that's like <laughs> funny, but like pisses me off a little bit. You gotta, you gotta just blindside it with me. Okay. All right. All right. Can't all right. prepare me for it. Uh, it's funny i mean we could talk about like well like when i was on uh declarations of war we needed the joint podcast i was trying to explain to alec this like dynamic of small gang corpse and how like small gang corpse typically don't stick around for that long and and like kind of the it, it's a interesting ecosystem of small gang corpse because i think there's multiple things so like a there's a lot of egos around small gang um and like I like to think that I don't have an ego, but I probably do. Like, there's probably a fucking ego there. Who knows? Um, but there are there are people who definitely have big egos. But I think yeah. everyone has a little bit of an ego if you small gang. Like everyone does because it's it's like a you know I think it's just the nature of it. Yeah. Um, and then also like corpse fluctuate a lot, and and content is also always like reliant on only a couple people and like if somebody doesn't log in for a couple weeks that's all it takes it's like a chain reaction it's like dominoes like other people not logging in and then other people split off and blah 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 right but it is it is interesting i think and it's also funny because we also have this unique thing in small gang where no one's blue like none of the small gang corps are blue with each other but like you wouldn't like i i wouldn't like I don't know what a good term is. Like rat fuck. I wouldn't like rat fuck another small gamer. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that was you know what I mean? Never heard like, right is, is that a term for it? Like you know, like let's say like I'm just chilling and like some small ganger I know jumps into us and we're sitting there and we have like a dictor. Like I'm not gonna fucking bubble the guy and wreck him. Like you, you know mean, what like, I mean? Turbo dunk him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna let him go. You. But we're but like mo- uh, other corps who don't do small gang. Like I don't think that they would really do that. I, I think, right? Like, yeah, they would see someone jump in and they'd be like, oh, kill. Yeah, cool. they'd, like, they'd yeah. fucking, they'd dread bomb my Draugr, right? Like, that's the kind of shit they do. <laughs> right? I'm, like, am I wrong or am I right? I don't know. Like, the that's, like, code I, got, of small gang. I got rat fucked in my Draugr, and, I, like, small gang corpse won't do that to other small gangers, I feel, right? It's, it's probably a name-to-name basis, not a corp-to-corp basis. It is on a name-to-name basis, for sure. Yeah. yeah some new guy in, in Thermo, I'm going to kill him, but I ain't going to kill you guys. So. Like, well, I mean, I would kill you, but I wouldn't like, uh, thanks. you know, I wouldn't like, yeah. No, I know I what you mean, though. It's like, like we, we found Mark right after uh, like them and split off from Gorn for a bit, um, and we found him in his Macarial and his Saber, and I like ran down and killed his Saber, who was in a high-grade pod, and I had a, a Saber there, too. And I'm like, you know, I could bubble his high-grade pod, but no, I'm not going to. It's that kind of like ideology, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah same thing it's interesting i don't know i kind of like it but but then yeah but then on the flip side we like yeah we'd like poach each other's good members <laughs> <laughs> that's not quite the same as rat fuck just saying no 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 it's not it's not i don't know where rat fuck came from i'm very <laughs> i don't know but we're using i don't know it's a, good, it's a good one is it have you guys heard am i like the only one you guys I've have never heard, heard that, of that right? before. I think you're the only one, yeah. I don't know if that's really? like a Canadian thing or what, but I've never heard that before. 
Cool. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we we call it for the night? Any any okay. shout outs? I guess I'll just say the one thing real quick. Um is you know, you were asking about like for these smaller groups that are looking to to try and get a little bit better or try and figure out that uh what to do to to improve and stuff. Just, you know, your content creators are your liquid gold for any small gang corp. Um, so really try and do whatever you can to keep those guys happy and keep them interested. And, you know, if you want to be someone to improve or try and like, you know, join a better group or uh, I don't know what the right word here is, but, you know, try and go out there and make some content. You know, people, people notice, people appreciate that in your group, that you're the one going out and doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so my shout out kind of following that, um, Nick Orman is like one of our guys that's a really good content creator. Like as we're recording this, he's literally out roaming and has pinged twice, like went out and then took a break and then was like, we're going out in another 10 minutes. So like we have guys like that, especially him that are really good at creating content. So shout out to him. Um, Asper. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's kind of a suck up. I haven't played this last week or so. And I was just kind of a little bit down on you, but I was driving home today from doing some motor work. And I thought about, you know, I get to sit down with you guys and talk some shit with buddy Amelia here. And, you know, I actually freaking got excited to play. So, you know, shout out to you guys. And actually this whole podcast, you know, got me excited to play, you know, short term and going to go kill some shit tonight. Yeah. Amelia. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Let's go. Right. Uh, I'm gonna shout out, yeah, shout out probably Jocastus for, for, uh, doing that fleet, organizing that fleet that I went on yesterday with all those good dudes, good lads, and had a ton of fun. It was, uh, a really good night. Like I said, I took a break from you for a couple of weeks, which everyone needs every once in a while. I was busy doing my basement reno, but, uh, yeah, it was a really cool night to come back to after a couple of weeks off to, to play. Cause I basically did the rise episode and then I didn't play since then. So. It was uh yeah, it was it was really good. So shout out to you, Jocastus, thanks, and all the dudes that came out. All right guys, that's the show. And uh just remember, it's not the size of your gang. It's how you use it.